What up, though? And welcome back to another episode of the Black Fridays podcast, where we spotlight our Black-owned businesses, professionals, and creatives, and present their stories to you. And this week, I had the pleasure of tapping in with none other than the homie John Ray. Through the years, John has been making his impact in the community through education and working with our youth. But recently, he decided to make the switch into full-time entrepreneurship, and now you can find him spending his time on his two businesses. The first being the Kinfolk Group, where he aims to make equitable housing for those in his community, and then also TKG Consulting, where he does something called Social Impact Consulting. I'm really looking forward to you all getting a chance to listen to this episode as me and John talk about his why for why he wanted to move back home to the city of Detroit, and why there is a need for a social impact consultant in underrepresented communities. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Oh, it's good. You are now in oh, the good. by Despite Jones. Good. Good. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Black Fridays. Today, I have another amazing dynamic guest, Mr. John Ray, um, and I'll let him get into his story in a second. But appreciate y'all pulling up. Uh, definitely be a dope discussion and uh, looking forward to learning more. As always, doing these conversations, I, I learned a little bit something myself. So uh, without further ado, uh, John, if you don't mind telling us who you are as a person and then also letting us know what do you do professionally? Yep. Yep. Um, so my name is John Ray, uh, born and raised in Detroit, uh, went to Cass and then later went to U of M, um, moved around a little bit and then finally made my way back to the city about four years ago um, and back on the West Side um, and purchased a house. Um, so definitely passionate about education, about community, about ownership, supporting black businesses. Um, kind of in my personal life, um, try to live up to those values in different ways. And then uh, beyond that, professionally, um, former educator and have held multiple roles um, in the education space. And currently, I'm the owner of TKG Consulting, which is a social impact consulting firm. Um, and I also own another small business called the Kinfolk Group, um, which is focused on real estate development. Excellent. And what I heard uh, in that at the beginning is that you went to two of the best schools in the world, obviously, Cass Technical High School and then University of Michigan. Um, so what can you tell me about? Because I'm always interested in things like this. What could you tell me about um, uh, before you got an education and into your career, a young John Ray at Cass Tech and then going to Michigan? What was your focus back then? Was it always getting into education and um, improving um, that landscape or did you have completely different outlook back then? Yeah, so it's crazy. So I never thought I would be an educator or in an educator space. Um, when I was at CAS, um, you know, we had majors there. So my major was actually communications. Um, so I always wanted to do something in a communication space. I love writing. Um, I wanted to do advertising and publicity. That was actually one of my majors when I was at U of M too. Um, and it just happenstance that I kind of fell into um, education in that way. But once I learned more about the education space, um, I also noticed that 
I was kind of an educator at heart all along. I used to tutor um, from like middle school, high school, and even college. Um, I used to work for this old program called Project C where I was like teaching kids like higher learning math and things of that nature as a high school student um, and just did a a lot of different opportunities that were centered around education. But I never thought myself being an educator or teacher um, until after undergrad. And then so you leave University of Michigan uh, and then you go into education. So what was that pathway like for you leading up until um, you uh, ventured out into entrepreneurship? Yeah. um, So I did a program called Teach for America. Um, So uh, University of Michigan recruits a lot of folks um, into the Teach for America program. Um, And my old RA, she was a teacher. She had gone through TFA. Um, and somebody else I knew uh, via Greek life. She was also um, a TFA core member or TFA teacher. Um, and when I was a senior and undergrad, they kind of talked to me about their experiences and how they really enjoyed it. Um, I was kind of looking and searching for stuff. Uh, the plan was to go to New York, um, get into advertising and marketing through an internship. Um, and sort of that would be the takeoff of my career um, in communications. Um, However, I kind of like randomly applied to TFA as like a backup choice. Um, And I actually got accepted into it. And sort of the more I I learned about the organization and the work I would be doing, um, I actually decided to pause on the communications track and then actually join TFA. Um, And then that led me to Houston. Um, And I went to Houston didn't know anything about it, had no family, no friends, nothing. Me and my grandpa drove from Detroit all the way to Houston over, I think, two days. Um, And that kind of started my education journey there. Um, And so from Houston, that was 2010, up until now, I've been in the education space. Um, So teaching fifth grade science, um, everything, sixth grade science back here in Detroit. Um, I was a school administrator here in Detroit, too. Um, and then getting into like the education consultant magic uh, consulting management aspect too, um, and I did that out in Baltimore and DC. And then uh, after that, I um, got into sort of STEM leadership, um, and I led an organization called Smash in the Midwest and worked with high school students, university partners to really get students exposed to different STEM fields. So that was kind of like everything that happened in the past 10 to 11 years up until this past April, where um, I actually decided to resign from my old uh, job um, and actually go out on my own and implement a lot of the skills um, and experiences that I had um, to essentially become a small business owner. And when you decide to venture out on your own, what do you feel like was that turning point for you? Like when it clicked in your mind, hey, I can do this on my own. I'm ready. I can, I'm ready to take this leap. I'm going to do it. Do you feel like it was like a distinct point or was it just like a, a feeling for you? Um, I think like one, like I have always valued like ownership. So even me coming back, I lived in D.C. for a while and I intentionally came back to Detroit because I wanted to like own a house. Um, I always try to support black owned businesses. And like every time I go out to restaurants and stuff, 
try to specifically support that. So I think ownership um, has always been um, something major in my life. And um, as I was kind of going through like my career journey, um, essentially like collecting skills um, in order to like position me to be in a space where I could be uh, my own business owner or do something. Um, I don't like doing the same thing constantly. So like I'll have a job, I'll master it. Um, and then I'm like off to the next thing. And I'm like, okay, how do I continue to like grow and build myself? And so I was really looking at that flexibility. So with my old job, I did have that flexibility. Um, I brought the program to the Midwest. I launched the first site uh, here in a region, did that in Detroit, and then launched it at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, and then also in Chicago and in downstate Illinois. So um, I had opportunities to grow in that way, um, but also feeling unfulfilled in a way. Um, and then, of course, COVID hit. Um, and, you know, like with the great resignation, I think I was also kind of part of that, too, of like COVID really forcing us to like pause and like, is this actually what we want to be? I want to be doing. Uh, are these challenges and hardships I'm facing actually worth the paycheck and whatnot? Um, and ultimately, the question was no. <laughs> so um, I did resign. Um, I I had a backup plan and whatnot and have been planning like an exit for a while. But uh, April was kind of like when I took that final step of like, let me just do it. Um, I don't think there was a, ever a moment. It's like, yes, John, you're ready to be an entrepreneur. Um, but uh, one of my frat brothers, he had a conversation with me about uh, real estate uh, development. And he is a landlord. And for the longest, we have been talking about investment properties and whatnot. And he's like, John, just do it. He's like, you've been researching it. You've been crunching the numbers. You've been listening to podcasts, having all these conversations with me. It's like, you won't learn or won't be able to do until you do it. And so I essentially like applied similar learnings there. It's like, let me just do it. The worst I can do is fail and a nine to five will always be waiting for me. And I don't want to graze over the fact that you, you know, you stepped out on faith and went ahead and uh, decided to go full fledged entrepreneurship. So definitely shout out to you for making that happen and, uh, and taking that leap. And uh, if I had to take a wild guess, is that frat brother, Mike? No, it's not Mike. Uh, okay. His name is Brandon Buffert. Okay. I know Brandon too. I know Brandon uh -huh. too. <laughs> Definitely thought it was Mike because he gives that type of advice for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not Mike this time around. Got you. And can you tell us more about, so you said that you have uh, two uh, businesses going, so TKG Consultant and then also uh, the Kinfolk Group um, mm -hmm. uh, for uh, housing. So I want to learn more about both and then what services do you offer through both? Yeah, so um, I actually first started the Kinfolk Group um, and that was the real estate piece. Um, so after I became a homeowner, um, I wanted to get another investment property um, and a big thing there was like, you can see and know about the change in demographics in Detroit of how, um, especially when we look at downtown, midtown, et cetera, the demographics of like folks who've been here for the past 40, 50 years are kind of being pushed out, um, a, unable to afford things um, and have access to a lot of resources that uh, we definitely deserve, but haven't come until like that demographic change. And so one of my big things was to like be able to like secure and own property so that uh, as I rent or resale that we can do it in a meaningful way and that the people who need it most can take advantage. So 
Um, now I have a, the one property I have now, um, I rent it out to like a single mom to make sure like her and her son have the ability to have stable housing. Um, and then making sure that she does, she doesn't have to live in Farmington or Novi or Southfield or some other, uh, suburbs where it's like, she should be able to stay in her hometown and provide for her son herself. So, uh, that's kind of the aim for the Kinfolk group is just to provide quality housing, um, to Detroit residents, um, and then essentially be able to kind of do that at scale um, eventually. Um, so that's the Kimfo Group. And then TKG Consulting, um, I started that after, um, and that was more so around like the educational consulting. Um, and at first it was just education focused, but it actually um, had kind of ballooned into social impact investing or social impact consulting. Uh, because a lot of the clients and folks that reached out to me wanted support. Um, and I found like the skills that I had were transferable. So um, I worked with small um, tech startup firms um, and folks who are kind of looking to like expand into the city, uh, work with like state education agencies, also work with like nonprofit groups. So um, at, as long as they're doing something that's centered around the community um, and making an impact on uh, those who've been overlooked so long, uh, for so long, like I work and support them um, with either continuous improvement processes um, or any of like some of the smaller things that they might need support with. And uh, you said a term that uh, I heard for the first time today when you said it was a social impact consultant. So like what does that what has that historically kind of like involved? Is that along the lines of, uh, like you said, you work with different companies and organizations when they want to work with a specific community, um, like uh, letting them know how, what are the best ways in order to drive impact here um, if you're going to be here? Or, you know, could you tell us more about that? Yeah. Um, and so it's more about the focus of the organization. So one of the uh, startups I worked with uh, they were kind of looking to develop technology, um, but before they spent all this time, uh, resources and money into developing a technology, they wanted to make sure that it was actually worthwhile. So some of the things I worked with is like actually doing stakeholder engagement to meet with the end users to actually figure out for this technology that this company is planning to develop, is this actually going to meet your needs? Would you use it? Um, when would you use it, et cetera. So kind of developing use cases for that startup. Um, and so actually it turned out that end users wanted, want to use the technology. So let's say that company, a bunch of money um, and time and resources to develop in this large database and technology that folks want to use. Um, and then, uh, so that's kind of like one an example. There are also been other like organizations who are looking to move and scale into Detroit um, but they don't have like any ground information or knowledge of Detroit. And so given that I was born and raised and went to school in Detroit, that I'm back in Detroit, that uh, I have a network in Detroit actually talking about the context of the city because it is unique. It's not similar to Chicago or DC or New York or New Orleans or Memphis or any other place. And so uh, there are things that you need to know and consider uh, before actually bringing into business in here and figure out how to cater to it. So also working with like that organization and similar organizations about how to actually scale, rebuild, to actually meet the needs of Detroiters um, as you also look to build your company. Um, and then just like continuous improvement uh, for other organizations and companies too, whether that's like how to revamp 
um, some of the processes that you have, how to make things better. Um, so, but that's kind of like the lens that I do the social impact work. And that's really dope. And, and without calling out any specific names, it's definitely more companies and organizations that utilize <laughs> your services. Um, but like I said, you know, for the sake of cancellation, I would not call out any particular names. But that that's really uh, amazing um, what you're doing. And then also, um, like you said, with the, the Kinfo Group and the um, housing project, being able to um, provide a equitable housing for people in the city who are from the city, um, which, like you said, Detroit is going through a, a gentrification period and people are getting pushed out. And, you know, there are a lot of great things happening in the city, but for whom um, you have to you know, ask that question often. Um, and uh, one thing I was curious about as far as you stepping out on entrepreneurship thus far, like you said, you've been doing this since um, April, wanted to know or full fledged since April, what challenges and and what triumphs have you seen um since you stepped out on your own yeah um definitely the challenges i would say is that um we you really don't know what you don't know um and i think that's hard so it's like you can do the research you can read you can connect but it's not until you actually find out it's like oh i should have done this um or these are things to consider and like there are resources in a city um, that are available, um, but it's usually like targeted or geared towards something like, oh, here's accounting um, or, oh, you need support with like scaling. But uh, there's really not like a handholding mentorship kind of thing of like, hey, these are the lessons that I learned as an entrepreneur, specifically through consulting. Um, and this is sort of like how to like support and work these ways through. Um, so like something even small, like, oh, it's encouraged that small business owners do quarterly taxes. Um, and that's completely different than doing taxes as an individual, because we just do taxes and like, oh, every April, we just have to make sure our taxes are done. And it's like, that's not necessarily in a manual about how to like, as you go through entrepreneurship, these are the things to consider, despite uh, which kind of business you are in. So I think that's been a most challenging aspect um, is like really figuring out some of those ins and out and intricacies that um, small business owners should or have to do um, that may not be necessarily called out. And you really don't learn unless you have experience um, or like something really laid out in a master plan. Um, and then you also asked about like the triumphs. Um, triumphs, um, I would say like, I, I know I've definitely been blessed with um, my work and I actually have not had to publicize or go after business uh, since I've gone out to business. A lot of, uh, all of my work has been through word of mouth. Um, so that's been a blessing where I haven't been in a space of like really scrambling for work in that way. If anything, it's kind of like me turning away work where it's like, oh, I actually don't have a capacity to do this. And so um, I would say I've been blessed in that way where um, there's definitely a need uh, for the services I provide. Um, and then I think, just the collaboration to where I'm like, I actually see my clients as partners. So I'm like, I actually want to develop and build alongside with you. I want to have like real and honest conversations with you. Um, I will hold you accountable. And in turn, I expect you to hold me accountable. So um, I like that aspect of like really rethinking like what business relationship looks like. Like it's not very stuffy and, oh, you have to be like this and that if you're consulting, you're providing these services. So um, that's been really, really good. Um, and then I think just the people that 
I've been able to connect with um, the businesses I've been able to support through being my own business owner. And then, of course, just being able to create on my own the ideas that I have, I'm able to execute and enact um, and then help and support people along the way, too. And do you have a team that you work with? Uh, one to give you opportunity to shout out your team or anybody that's been supportive of you um, throughout your entrepreneurship journey. Uh, yeah, my team is me, find me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank me. <laughs> um, but I, I don't have like staff or anything. It is me doing everything. But of course, like act, of course, have like a support system in all aspects. So whether or not it's somebody give me advice about real estate development or somebody like coaching me through a difficult time of like dealing with the client or having conversations like, Oh, what CPAs and accountants do you use and getting advice there. So um, I definitely have like a lot of friends and business owners um, in my circle who I can lean on. So um, definitely shout out to them for like all their support and work throughout this process. Um, but no full-time employees yet. Most definitely coming soon. Come soon. Come. Right. <laughs> but in the meantime, shout out to the village. Uh, right, right. And uh, I wanted to ask as a full-time business owner, what is your daily routine? Like, so I like to ask my guests from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to sleep at night, what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah. Um, so the good thing about entrepreneurship and the reason I got into it is because I don't like the standardization and the structure because I get bored easily. Um, and so especially with consulting, I have like four clients now. Um, and so because I have uh, one is like a state education agency, one is a nonprofit organization, one is a university um, that I'm able to like um, have different experiences um, based on a day. Um, and so like today, for example, I coach teachers um, and did like classroom observations. Um, other days I might like be creating documents and holding meetings. Other days I may not have much to do. So I like that flexibility. But some of the things I do keep standard is definitely like the wellness stuff, um, because I definitely think that's important um, just as people, but also as business owners, because we can get burnt out. Um, we are no longer nine to five. It's literally like 24 seven where we may be working. So uh I wake up usually around like 6.30, 7.30. Um, and I always like work out if I'm not working out and it's like a rest day or something, I'll do like meditation or yoga or something of that nature. So um, definitely like the physical aspect and then always have like a decent breakfast and whatnot just to make sure like have that energy to like keep going. And then um, recently I've been like on a cooking kick. So I try to like cook if not daily every other day or something like that, of like baking, cooking or whatever, just to like get creative and be able to like cook good food. Um, and so those are like little things I do. And then there's usually like a book or something that I'm reading, not reading every day. Um, that's a lot, but there's a book usually somewhere that I should be reading. Um, <laughs> so I have that. And then every day I do like a um, to-do list. So there's like a to-do list of like the major task I need to get done for the day so that I'm not overwhelmed. If um, there's like, I don't know what to do where there's so many things to do that I write down like the big priority items that I need to get accomplished. Um, and then also giving myself grace when I don't um, actually get an action item done. So that's kind of that. Um, and definitely being a bit at a decent time because 
Um, it's rough now when in your thirties, you can't, <laughs> you can't operate off of three, four hours of sleep no more. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I, I wanted to ask, so you, you talked about, um, so what are some ways that you unplug? Cause you talked about your daily routine and then, you know, you got your process that you go through, but I always like to ask people as well, how do you like unplug? How do you get recharged? Like, what does that look like for you? Uh, yeah. So like unplugging could look anything from like when it's warmer outside, like walking around, uh, I live in a factory area. So, um, a lot of people are like walking around and whatnot. So when it's warmer, I might do that recently got a bike this summer too. So we'll be riding the bike, um, working out and cooking are also ways that like I unplug and whatnot. Reading is one way too, but I try to step away from the screens too, because I realize like, oh, I'm in front of my laptop all day. And then like in between laptops, I'm in front of my cell phone, like scrolling on Facebook or IG. Um, when I'm not doing that, then I'm like, oh, let me watch something on Netflix, Netflix or binge something. So I'm like, it's just a lot of screen time. So I try to step away and do something, even if it's like uh, taking my husband on a date night and doing something of that nature. Um, just like listen to music or podcasts. I'm trying to like, get conversational with Spanish. So I've been doing a lot of podcasts with Spanish and whatnot. So um, that's been kind of what I've been on this past month or so. Nice, nice. So definitely have a, a healthy regimen of ways to, you know, reboot and replug, which is which is dope. So I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, but mm-hmm. now I don't know how much research you do on Black Fridays, but it's time for my favorite portion of it, which is Freestyle Fridays. So uh, <laughs> what I'm gonna need you to do is I don't know what your rapping skills is like, but I'm gonna put on a beat and I'm gonna need you to you gonna have to give me 16 or something. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's try. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate, I definitely appreciate the readiness and the willingness, but fortunately for you, you don't have to, you don't have to drop no bars. Um, so Freestyle Friday, it's just a random assortment of questions. They all about you, so you can't get them wrong. And I only got two rules. You answer every question and you answer them honestly, and that's it. All right, cool, cool. All right, perfect. So, uh, first one, this, I think this was kind of medium. Who was the funniest person alive? Funniest person alive. Um, funniest person alive. Uh, let's go with, uh, my best friend, Tracy. Okay. Shout out mm-hmm. to Tracy. Yep. What is your dream car or do you already have the Bugatti in the, in the driveway? No, I actually want a Tesla. So coming soon. Okay. Soon come, soon come to Tesla. Uh, now I'm getting your business a little bit. What is your family nickname? Uh, Johnny. So my family, y'all calls me Johnny. And if you knew me before undergrad, everybody knew me as Johnny too. Okay. All right. Uh, tell us something that you got in trouble for when you were young. So I know you work with the youth and uh, <laughs> people and all about education, but now, you know, getting into more of your business, tell us something you got in trouble for when you were young. Um, I remember one time in art class, I got in trouble. Um, I hated art class. I don't like drawing whatsoever. Um, so I'll be bored and mad that I had to take art class. Um, and I would just be like talking and running my mouth. Um, and I remember like, 
like I never really got in trouble. Um, I remember that our teacher was fed up with me and he called home. And I was like, I still remember to this day. I was like, wow, you really about to call my parents? And he was like, yes. And I was like, wait, I try to plead with him and everything. He called my parents and I had like to talk to my mom. I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade or something. I was just like standing at the classroom, like crying and everything like that. And I, I don't think she even, I don't even think I got a whooping or got in trouble like that. I think it was just the mere fact that he had to call. And I think she was like, that was punishment enough. Same thing. Uh, similar situation happened to me in fifth grade, running my mouth in science class because I didn't vibe with the teacher, one vibing with the with the information. And yeah, definitely got my mom called. And then I just felt bad. Like, I just like, dang, she got to leave work. She got to come up here. I'm up here acting unusual and uh, <laughs> so yeah that that i feel you on that brother I, i'm with mm-hmm. you on that um so like you said you don't necessarily have a team right now uh but if you could hire somebody famous a celebrity to be your assistant who would it be mm, i'll say Issa ray i think she has like a lot of great ideas her execution is great and she's real intentional about supporting black folks I think you and Issa would vibe perfectly. So yeah, that's that's an excellent choice. Shout out to Issa. Shout out to Issa. <laughs> uh, what's the best TV show of all time? Um, this is going to be controversial, but I love the Cosby Show. Okay. Uh, not necessarily for Bill, but just what he was able to create and like what it meant at that time. Um, and I actually like watched. Like it was, uh, of course, it was aired before we were born, but I remember like watching all of it. Um, and I just think it was like something special about what was created through that show to show like black people in a way that they typically weren't created. And it was like the right amount of comedy, but realism. Um, and then also like there's like the desire, dream of like this upward mobility, but still like this down to earthness. So um, I appreciate all those aspects of the show. Yeah. And the fact that people are talking about it still, like after all these years, you'll see people teach classes about it. They'll dissect the show. Some people would talk about it wasn't uh, I think I used to see like on Twitter or social media, like it wasn't a realistic view of black people. But then, you, of course, you got others that's like he was showing us something different um, through that mm-hmm. show and the creation of that show. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that just goes to show you the impact that that series had in general. And then, of course, we got a few different shows from that as well. So, um mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely, definitely ahead of his time and uh, important in black cinema. Uh, now, you're from Detroit. We both from Detroit. Mm-hmm. This is very this is a very crucial question here on Black Fridays. I need to know when you go to the Coney, not a Coney Island, because that's different. I want to know when you go to the Coney, D.A. Coney, what is your order? If you still eating Coney Island or if you could, I know you say you're cooking <laughs> now, but, if, you know, you one night you pull up to the Coney. I need to know what you order. Um, it depends what time, but breakfast, I'll get like a breakfast special and get like pancakes, um, sausage, hash browns, um, at night. Um, it probably is like wing dings or corned beef sandwich, Swiss cheese, pickles, mustard, grilled rye. So you also, I'm assuming you like lose too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mess with loose. It's okay. right up the street. <laughs> most definitely most definitely that's perfect I, we would take both of those orders um what's your favorite song of all time this one might be a little difficult uh favorite song um mj you are not alone okay any any particular reason uh 
Uh, I don't know. I I feel like I don't know. Of course, Michael Jackson has all the hits, but I feel like I just like that melody, the ballad. Um, I don't. Maybe it just like also speaks to me during like difficult or challenging times. Like, oh, you're actually not alone. You have others and whatnot. Um, but I really like that song. For sure, that song is definitely a vibe. Like you said, the melody is crazy on there. So. Shout out to shout out to you are not alone. And uh, what's a really good book that you read? Um, really good book. Uh, there's a lot. There's lots of them. <laughs> um, I would say Kindred has been a really good book. Um, and it's like sci-fi history. Um, and it sort of like goes back into like a period of slavery. Um, and follows some characters around there. So I really like that aspect of like the history, but the mix with sci-fi. Um, Octavia Bo- Butler um, is a dope author. So I like a lot of her books. Um, and then a recent book I'm reading um, is about imperfectionism, uh, the gifts of imperfectionism. And it talks about like letting go of perfectionism and always having to be perfect in that way. And I think that's been really helpful, especially as a business owner of like, things to let go uh, and just as a person to like things that we hold on to like you have to be a perfect husband perfect friend perfect whoever um and it really like debunks a lot of those myths for sure and uh one one quote that i never forget one of my because i do web design and uh one of my uh clients told me uh that done is better than perfect and you know, mm-hmm. she just she just tried to repeat that to herself and said that often when we uh when we talked. So yeah, I, I definitely feel that. And uh it sounds like you got a solid book collection. So um shout out to the to the bookcase. And uh <laughs> do you have any favorite quotes or a saying that you that you swear by or that you just really enjoy? Um I like um uh, there's like a Let me see. There's one like, blessed are the pure of heart um, for they shall see God. Um, And I think that resonates with me because it's like, as long as you do things out of kindness and out of good, um, like you're on the right path and you're doing good. Um, And then there's another one. I don't know exactly how it goes, but it's about um, children are never... um, really good at listening but they're like good at imitating um and so it's like oh it's how we practice model what we actually do like our actions matter uh more than our words and so like that resonates with me too yeah and and that that both of those are uh super dope statements and and i think really um kind of caters to the type of work that you do and uh, the the type of person you are so it it all makes sense so you successfully passed freestyle fridays uh thank you for engaging in my shenanigans (laughs) (laughs) and uh another um section of black fridays that i like to do with my guests is uh the friday flex and this is just the opportunity for you to be able to give yourself a pat on the back for anything that you have done recently that you are proud of or um, that just comes to mind oftentimes we don't get the opportunity need to stop and really, you know, congratulate ourselves and or think about our accomplishments. So just wanted to give you the floor to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, so I think like personal flex, um, shout out to us getting our roof done because 
after the storms and everything that happened, um, needed to get that done and in a good space to like financially make that happen. Mm-hmm. So that's like real adulting. I'm like, wow, like I got to replace the roof. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so shout out to that. And then also like booked a trip to Mexico for my birthday and a holiday in December. Um, and really like not feeling guilty about it this time around compared to like full-time jobs and stuff of like, Oh, but I need to be available when I need to do X, Y, Z. And I think like really stepping into like the self-care is like, you can't, can't actually pour into other people's cups if your cup is empty or half full. So, um, proud of myself for that. And then, um, I would say professionally, um, I think I'm just, I shot like being able to like secure clients, meet deadlines, um, and manage it all. Like I said, I had like four clients and, uh, enjoy like working with them um, and getting stuff done and still having that balance of like that professionalism and then also taking care of self. self. So um, that's really dope. Um, and also got a CPA so I can get these finances together. So <laughs> dope. Dope. Yeah. shout out to all of that, man. That, those are huge. And, and those are big. Uh, you said your birthday was in December. Uh, when yeah. is your birthday? December 19th. December Sagittarius. 19th. Sagittarius. I'm December 10th. See, I knew, I knew, okay. I, <laughs> I knew, I knew something yeah, about yeah. you that I like. See, yeah. yeah. Sag, shout out to Sag Gang, everybody out there that's right. uh, Sagittarius, everybody's favorite zodiac sign. I don't care what y'all say. The best. And if I can get back into uh, business a little bit, or just more so the essence of Black Fridays in general, uh, why do you feel like it's important to support Black businesses and our Black professionals? I know that you mentioned earlier that, you know, that's something that you make an effort to do, um, mm-hmm. but just wanted to, you know, hear more of your thoughts on that. Um, I definitely think it's important because Black businesses um, and professionals pour back into the community. Um, and... I would say that especially um, what I can see in Detroit, like that definitely rings true as far as uh, just the different places that I go to. Um, I'll speak for myself, like even with my house that I have, like I intentionally like try to find black contractors. I'll find somebody who can do like uh, replacing keys to do landscaping, to do uh, like handyman work. Um, So I'm like intentional about that space. Um, like the accountant that I have, uh, they're a black owned business. Um, so like, I think it's the cycling in the community. And then also going into like a black owned business and like that establishment, like there's just like this familial bonds, like, Hey, what's up? Haven't seen you in a while. Like, uh, I know a lot of people get caught up on like the professionalism and things of that nature, but, um, I actually like, like the family vibe of like, I can actually talk to you like my cousin or friend or something of that nature of like, Hey, what's up? How are you doing? The jokes, the laughs and, um, like it's just really cool atmosphere and vibe. And then they cycle those dollars back into the community. They're the ones hiring like high school students or folks who can't get jobs or cousins, uncles, aunts who just got out and aren't eligible for other jobs. So I just really appreciate and see the importance of that. And then also like, as you see, like our small businesses really make the, our nation go round. And with the COVID pandemic, we saw like a lot of businesses either shutter, close, or be put on pause and what that meant for like the workforce and even being able to like run to the store or go to eat at a restaurant or whatever the case might be. So I'm like, we definitely need to support our businesses that are black and our professionals that are black because in turn they invest back in us in a community um, and stronger black owned businesses just means stronger black community. 
thousand percent. And uh, one thing I've been talking to uh, my friends out here about, because I'm in a, a Seattle area, is just about um, just educating them on Detroit. And then, you know, every chance I get, I tell them it's the blackest city in America because it is literally. It is. Um, mm-hmm. But to your point, we need more of that interaction amongst each other and cycling our money through um, our community for sure, uh, because it's, it's so easy to spend it elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, just uh, giving a little bit more of an effort to spend it in our own communities definitely um, goes a long way. So I uh, appreciate you sharing that. And I wanted to ask, what's what would you say is next for you? What's next for John as the person? What's next for TKG Consultant, um, what's next for the Kinfolk Group? Let us know what you got going on. Yeah, so I definitely say um, what's next um, for as far as TKG Consulting, uh, definitely continuing to like do great work for clients, um, help them better serve the communities that um, that they serve, and um, just kind of like building there. Uh, still like in the decision phase of how much I want to grow the business, uh, whether I want to like scale beyond myself or just kind of keep it uh, within me as sole proprietor. Um, and then as far as like the Kinfolk group, uh, definitely um, want to be doing some more like development, um, doing some more procurement with like lots and different properties to make sure that uh, we're able to kind of take advantage of this resurgence that's happening in Detroit too. And then making sure that people who've been here and want to be here can actually stay here. So that's kind of like the next phase of the plan. Um, and then just kind of building with friends and other business partners to figure out how we can network and collaborate to make sure that we can all shine. Um, I strongly believe like there's enough resources and opportunity out there for all of us. So definitely taking that abundance mindset, um, making sure wherever I can put people on, I put them on um, and then bringing everybody along to make sure that we all can eat and that uh, we're all doing right by the community um, or communities that we serve. So that's kind of the next. Absolutely. And um, I wanted to ask uh, for you, do you feel like you've always been business minded or do you feel like that's something that you had to grow into and lean into more coming from the education space? Cause it sounds like, you know, you, you're pretty on point with your business processes and understanding your clientele and everything. Um, but just wanted to learn a little bit more about that. Uh, I would say like, I've always been like a visionary in that way of like, I've always like had a vision and then been able to like act on it or kind of know, what steps I need to take in order to get it. So um, the transition from like education to business wasn't as difficult, um, but I've also had different places. Like I, uh, one of the schools I taught at was a startup school I had just started. So it was like building and creating, like I had to create curriculum, um, sort of like I took place of like a science content lead. And it was like the first time they had that role. Um, I created like a associate dean position. So that was the first time they had that school lab, man. Um, I worked at like a small consulting business out in Baltimore in DC and had to kind of like work my way up there. And then even launching the work I did with like Smash and a STEM program, um, like doing that. So a lot of that has kind of prepared me for this too, of like, what's the vision and then what's the plan to get to that vision. So I think just figuring out the details. Like I, I will Google and talk to people easily and quickly to kind of figure out like missing gaps and things of that nature. So 
Um, it hasn't been as difficult. Yes, there's it's been challenges and whatnot, but I think I've always had like a little business business savviness or vision to me. And for those who may be either in the education space or just in the space of thinking of venturing out and doing their own thing, do you have any advice for those people? Like if you had to drop a you had to drop a golden nugget on them, what would it be? Um, I just definitely say like for people trying to venture out, I would say one, make sure you have like a plan um, because I also had to like make sure I had a financial plan to make sure my stuff was together. So um, I think people glamorize entrepreneurship life, but it is hard and you do, you won't start making money immediately. So making sure like you're good. So you're not struggling to like make, uh, uh, making it possible just to live and make it ends meet and also trying to like build and create this new idea. So I would say like where possible, um, having that plan and like that financial foundation there, um, is essential. And then the second part is kind of like that networking and putting yourself out there. Like I've been blessed because I like literally still run my mouth and talk to other people. I'm like, Oh, this is what I'm thinking. This is why I'm planning. And like literally just talking to the right people about the right things um, and hoping it lands somewhere and then being able to like kind of attract that. And then the other pieces, like just lead with positivity um, and hoping like that karma follows you back around. And um, at the end of the day, you are a business, you are a representation. So if you're acting in like negative or not kind ways, like that gets back to you. Uh, word of mouth is incredibly powerful um, and you don't want negative publicity um, spreading around either. So just kind of being mindful of that too. And uh, one of the things I really liked that you said was talking to people about what your aspirations were and what you were trying to get into, because I think a lot of people are held back um, from doing that because they feel like somebody's going to steal their ideas or um, people are going to, you know, take whatever they're talking about and, and run with it. But you would be surprised at how many people actually just want to help or they may mm -hmm. be they may hear that their ears perk up and then they say, you know, here's an opportunity for you with this person over here or, you know, I was just I just heard something about that. Here's, you know, information that I got um, and for people not to be scared to to do that and engage with people and let people know what you're doing and, and what you're into, because it's more people out there willing to help than it is mm -hmm. that's trying to steal your idea, so to speak, or, mm -hmm. um, you know, do do you any injustice in that regard? So just want to uh, echo on that a little bit. And um, if the people want to get in contact with you, they want to learn more about what you do. They want to utilize your services. What's your handles? Um, what's your um, website information? How can what's the best way for people to reach out? Yeah. Uh, so IG handle is at tkg consulting um and uh i could be contacted email at the kinfolk group at gmail.com and kinfolk group is k-i-n-f-o-l-k and then group uh at gmail.com dope and John, uh, this has been a, a great interview, man. Like I said, I already knew I was going to learn something new when I when I came in. So it was really dope to hear about your journey, everything that you have going on now. I uh, have no doubts that, you know, this is going to continue to grow and uh, be successful. The work that you're doing is very important and we need more of it. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Keep fighting the good fight and uh, much appreciated for you pulling up to uh, Black Fridays today. Um, another great episode. Yeah, no, I appreciate you for having me on. Um, definitely enjoyed my time uh, with you. Learned a lot from you too. So 
Um, I really enjoyed, uh, I don't know, it's been like 30 minutes or something like that, uh, how much ever time we spent together. Um, but it's been great, great and dope and definitely appreciate you for like highlighting and leveraging a lot of work that's going on that may not uh, get as much media attention as some of the other things. No doubt, man. I'm, I'm just trying to put my people on. That's all. So uh, much appreciate you uh, saying that. And uh, to all the listeners, thank you for tapping in to Black Friday. Yeah.